Hey, hey, this is Danielle Grouchek, founder of Canine Inspired Change. Welcome to the Canine Inspired Podcast, where we explore the connection between humans and dogs and give you tools to strengthen your bond with your dog and with your community so you can get out there and do good with your dog. Thanks for joining us, everybody. I'm so excited today to have Patty Anderson on our podcast. Patty and I have known each other for, oh gosh, 15 plus years now. Patty is a therapy animal educator, and she's got so many cool stories. Um, You guys are going to love hearing from her. So welcome, Patty. Hey, thanks, Danielle. It's it's great to see and hear you. I know, right? It's great yeah, to see and hear you as well. Um, uh, yeah. So you and I met right when I first started Canine Inspired Change. I was, um, we're still working as a trainer at the Canine Coach mm-hmm. and holding my first therapy dog um, session at, over at one of their facilities. And I, I don't remember how you got wind of it, but like I think you reached out to me. Um, we were looking to, um, I'm with uh, North Star Therapy Animals, yes. a nonprofit, and we were looking to expand to St. Paul. And I thought, well, the best way is through one of the, the teachers and yeah. have them talk up the program and this and that so I thought well I'll just go and see what it's all about and meet you and see what I think and I thought you were great and here we are again <laughs> <laughs> thank you well what I remember from that is you came with one of your dogs to volunteer for a session and of course you were awesome um but after that this is like literally the biggest compliment I've ever received and there's little things that people have said to me along the way that keep me going right because it's not it's not always a smooth road starting a nonprofit and, and especially kind of a new niche in therapy dog work. You know, this is not traditional therapy dog work. It's a little different. And so like sometimes, you know, you, I have a lot of self-doubt. Like, is this what I should be doing? Am I doing this right? Are these dogs right? Are these kids benefiting? Um, and so for somebody like you to come in and validate my program was, it really gave me a, a big boost. But you said to me, you asked me where I got my degree. And I'm like, I'm a dog trainer. And you're like, oh my gosh, I thought you had a degree in like... Social work. Yeah, social work because of, yeah. I was like, listen, I, that's the biggest, that's the nicest thing I could hear. And I was like, okay, somebody like you sees something good in this, then I feel like I can keep going. Um, There's a few people like you um, that came in. And also, I think it just came from me being one of those kids kind of growing up where I would need that help. So I just instinctually knew what the kids needed because I'd been through it. a real life experience. Um, but anyways, I don't know if I've ever told you that, but it, that definitely gave me a big boost right at the beginning when I was filled with self-doubt. So I just will always well, be grateful to you for that. Well, you didn't look like you had self-doubt. You were <laughs> so great with the kids that you're working with and the dogs and making Thank sure it's safe. And, and yeah. that whole thing's a big deal because I was a school counselor uh, for 26 years. In the last five years, I had my dog at uh, Hopkins Elementary mm-hmm. School, and we had 900 kids at the time, and uh, about 32 different languages spoken in the school. We had an wow. Kind of, we had a flavor there, and um, uh, you know, I we learned from each other, and yeah. so, the, and the dogs are our best teachers, yep. of course. Yeah, and, you know, when anybody ever says, "The more you know, the more you don't know." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, and and just when you think you know something, 
then a, a dog comes into your life where you're going, whoa, I don't know anything. Yeah. Or, you know what? There's more to know. And there's a different oh, way maybe to do to this. Yeah. I know something, but with this dog, I have to pull out a, a bunch of different ideas. Yeah. And, so, and um, so it's all great. But yeah, I was very impressed with what you did. In fact, I, I borrowed some of the uh, ideas that you had and Good. I implemented at school. That's fantastic. I'm oh, thrilled you. about that. So, okay. So I want to hear about you, um, how you, maybe a quick, how did you grow up and how did you get into this kind of work? Um, I know that that could be a, you know, two hour story in itself, but um, I, you know, I'm just fascinated about people who go into this kind of work and then actually make a career out of it. Um, Cause it's, it's not a, it's not an easy path and you're not making the, the big bucks usually. So like can you can you give us an insight on all that? Yeah, just you know, I mean, a lot of kids, you know, uh, love animals, and I was one of those. I raised ducks, and I had a little poodle because I was allergic to dogs. Believe it or not, mm. so was I. This comes up a lot. Yes, <laughs> kidding, and and other animals, and so they got a little tiny. Um, miniature poodle named Pierre, isn't that original? And <laughs> um, and so I went, at the time, it was Marley Whiting, and she just passed, I think, a year ago, but she had the canine college in, over in Richfield, and she that was the only training school besides TCOTC, I think, around. Wow. And, um, and so I w- took my poodle there, and he was jumping over hurdles with dumbbells and doing all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. for his poodle, you know. Um, can't get any of my huskies to do that. I'm just saying. <laughs> and and so I just I just always loved working with dogs. It was just a lot of fun. And when I got older then um, and got out of my own, I always loved huskies. And, and mm-hmm. who who in Minnesota can you not love husky? Right. <laughs> you know, it's kind of our dog, right? right. Mm-hmm. With the John Bear Grease race and and all the different things happening with uh, the weather right. today. Right. Um, and I just, um, I bought a backyard breeder's dog, duh, you know, mm-hmm. and, and there, I think the, the mother had had like 10 husky puppies and I, I bought this $50 husky puppy. I'd gotten a job in Washington state where I had some friends and relatives and I drove out there in my old car with my $50 husky puppy. How old were you approximately then? Oh, I was 24, I think. Wow. Okay, cool. Yeah. Keep going. And I just, and I was a Minnesotan, tried and true, but I just, I had, I just wanted to go west for a while, and I stayed 14 years. Mm. So I had a little husky puppy named Yenta, which meant little girl, because I'd done my student teaching in Norway, so, um, so I wanted to use some of the Norwegian words because I lived there for about three months. Oh and, wow, that's uh, interesting too. Yeah, yeah, that was very cool, and um, yeah, and so I brought Yenta with me, and she was wonderful, and I fell in love with huskies, and it evolved into being a competitive sled dog racer in sprint mushroom for for seven years. Yeah, here the Cascades, we demoed at the World's Fair, we did a beach run with a U.S. Mail uh, down in the Oregon Dunes where they don't allow vehicles, and we just yeah. had big air tires balloon tires on uh, carts it was very it was quite an experience i didn't realize just how cool it was like what year ish um, was that oh uh let's see it was before everything's always around we have one son my husband and i and yeah. so it's always around whatever however old he was and he wasn't born yet so that was probably about the mid 80s so were you one of the only women how, how did that look oh no were there's a lot of women oh good uh, Blonde women and stuff, but Huskies, um, Siberian Huskies are not as fast as Alaskans, which are really not a recognized AKC breed. Uh, They're a mixture of anything and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and and 
but I did sprint sprint meshing, but it was the International Sled Dog Racing Association, mm-hmm. and and we were up against like big kennels. So I didn't. I mean, that had a couple hundred dogs or something, you know. And, and right. So, and they, um, but anyways, but it was a lot of fun, and it was just amazing. The the most in, <laughs> the scariest time was. Um, in Elk River, Idaho, and I was the first team out for the day. They had the smaller teams go first. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and the um, mountain lion had been screaming all night long, caterwauling all night long. Wow. And because it, it was all upset about all these dogs barking sure. and the territory. And so I said, Are you sure? Because I'm kind of going to look like a little deer with my three little dogs. Sure, we're not going to get this kitty, you know, like yeah. chasing. So you could see the big paw prints right, right in the wow, and that was a little unnerving because they reassured me, "Oh no, you'll be fine." I'm thinking, "I've read all these stories." Yeah, <laughs> we just, ran really fast that day. <laughs> well, just the fact, so like, mm-hmm. no matter how you placed or whatever, I I admire people that actually just go and do things. Oh, you know, yeah. I think a lot of us like wouldn't it be fun to do this or or that. Um mm-hmm. and not everybody for whatever reason, no judgment is able to actually get the gumption up to actually go do it. So somebody that says I want to do this it's a big undertaking i'm probably going to be a little bit nervous while i'm doing it or preparing for it or going to the event but Mm -hmm. i'm going to do it anyways um that impresses me so i have a question about that in general which is do you feel like when you do these things like go to norway and um just take your first husky and go to washington and and enter a you know a sled dog race do you feel any type of anxiety or nerves or anything and if so do you then how do you deal with it oh well well you know dogs uh, lower your blood pressure right, right. <laughs> i do know that too depending on the dog right yeah uh, so no i i think you know just it's exciting and mm-hmm. so it's like okay so your heart's going to beat as fast if a grizzly bear if you open the door and it's a grizzly bear right yeah as fast as somebody coming and saying you just won you know the mega million lottery yeah yeah you know and so your heart beats just as fast for positive stress as it does for negative Ooh, stress good and one. so yeah so so my heart's beating fast for the positive stress but it's so much fun and there's like yeah. really positive neurochemicals all yep. going crazy inside of you and and it's just it's just a joy and that because i mean not every race was a joy and so yeah Mm -hmm. my claim to fame is i was 113th out of i think 403 dog teams in my top thing and then i was good for you i was never last in any race and i finished every single one no matter what nice and we looked good. We had a, I had a matching team of Siberians. Yeah. <laughs> we good. You know, I matched my harnesses with my outfit. You know, it looked good. Well, I was ready to jump on the whole, like, you were a woman blazing trails <laughs> situation. But there, yeah. you said there yeah. there were a lot of women there. So that's kind of cool a lot, to hear, too. A lot too. of women there. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. And, and it was, um, uh, it, it was in, we, you know, lived, ate, and breathed you know, mushing talk, you know, I mean, you n- would not want to be at a mushing banquet. With <laughs> right, all, right. All, oh my goodness. It's, it's not a very pleasant <laughs> right. conversation because we all are talking about body functions and that type of thing. We won't sure. go into that. But, but, you know, but um, some very tough women, but, you know, in the bigger races, it's mostly men. Right. That's what, that was my, my exposure. Yeah. 
-hmm. right and it was a real breakthrough in, in the, in the um, sprint races it's, it's more balanced but up in Alaska it was more men for a long long time and Susan Butcher and Libby Riddles broke broke the, the barrier yeah Yay! Okay, Yay. fantastic. Okay, so then yeah. when did you make the leap over to therapy dog work, or is there a chunk of something in in between all this? I'm no, I, I think not. No, and so so I um my my mother got cancer, and my sister said, "You've been out there fourteen years. Come home. I can't do this alone." Mm, sure. And that was twenty five years ago, right? Mm. And so I said, "Okay, okay." So I talked my Washington State born husband into going home and all my sled dogs are really old and of course dogs come to my home for forever yeah right yeah and so the and we had had a baby he was two years old when we moved and so we kind of quit around the time i got pregnant and had the the baby just because you know and the dogs were older mm -hmm. and so so we moved back with these three huskies and a little Karen terrier <laughs> and so the story for all you people with little little dogs um we had in Puyallup, washington we had a rich agricultural area where we lived and our house had all these fruit trees and stuff and there was a, a big river right next to us and it attracted rats and so we had these rats uh -huh. <laughs> and so i mean and, and and so we had professional exterminators and all this but i got freaked out remember lady in the tram yeah with the rat that comes into the baby's room oh yeah yeah yeah, so, and I grew up with a small dog, right? So we went out and we found a dog that would really go after rats. And we had Tucker for 16 years. And so so we had this little, we had four dogs, you know, and um, and Plymouth only allows three, but we got an, multiple animal license. I still have one. So uh -huh. I have three dogs right now. But um, yeah, so the little guy is great. But so when we got back home then, we I kind of, you know, adjusted and transitioned. I was a school counselor. I was busy. My husband had a job and we were just really busy kind of just acclimating back to Minnesota. Yeah. And, um, and then I got into Hopkins and, and I had a, a school relationship, um, kind of co collegial relationship with Bob Hollenbeck, who is famous, um, in his own way, because he was the very first, um, school counselor to have a registered therapy dog at work with him. Nice. And he was on all these old shows, probably some of you don't remember, they're younger, but uh, Charles Kralt on the road. Hmm. Uh, he was on the Phil Donahue show. Which oh, wow, I remember Phil Donahue. <clears throat> now, yeah, and he was in People Magazine, too. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so so that school really embraced therapy dogs, which a lot of schools don't. Right. right? As you work with a lot of schools, you know, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's heartbreaking in until they, until they realize you know the world is not going to end if we bring a dog in. Right. Yeah, and um, uh, and, and being respectful of that because I know there's a lot of concerns, but um, but yeah, so so we kept trading kids from from these two west suburbs because I had you know our schools were closed and kids would move. And so um, he was telling me all about his dog and this and that. And I had a rescue husky at the time, mm -hmm. uh, Coco. She had been picked up for running and taking down sheep in um, Cocado area and, mm -hmm. and then adopted out three times. But she was like the best therapy dog I've ever had. Really? Oh, my gosh. She was so natural. A child would start crying in my office. She would walk over and start licking their face. Mm. And so wait, were you a school counselor or a teacher? 
uh, school counselor. Okay, so I had my it. own office, so my dog could have a kennel and have yep. a break time. I didn't bring her every single day; that'd be too much. At this and point, so, was she registered with like pet partners or TDI? No, no. She my first uh, registration with was with TDI, uh-huh. and then um, I was with TDI for a year, and then somebody said, "Well, you know, there's a book." about this. I said, really? <laughs> Can I see that book? And that was a, at the time it was Delta Society and they yep. changed over to uh, rebranded their name in, uh, let's see, I think 2012 and became Pet Partners. But it's the same thing if you see it on the, on the internet. Yeah, for um, everybody listening, what we're talking about is there's two major therapy dog registering organizations out there. The two <laughs> biggies um, were Delta, which is now Pet Partners, and TDI, which stands for Therapy Dogs International. And these are more traditional therapy dogs. And then where Canine Inspired Change comes in, of course, is we created our own um, evaluation because what we do is is separate and different. There's overlap, but we're doing um, some different things. So anyways, um, that's kind of the rundown there. But, you know, given that, too, I mean, I just have always been a big proponent. I don't care which registration you go with. But you should have somebody else look at your dog. Oh, for sure. Because you, you can't not, be, yeah. We, we you can't be objective when it comes object- to your dogs. Right. We're very objective. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We need somebody objective to take a look and say, yeah. wow. Yeah. And there's oftentimes things you can do and, you know, there's help out there and there's people who want to be supportive of you um, to help get your dog into a good shape to do this work. Um, you know, sometimes it's just not a good fit and that can be heartbreaking, but then you just go find another dog. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what I do. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, but but the thing is, you know, people don't know this, and I, I do a lot of free intro to therapy animal presentations. Well, when I was on staff at the Main Society for seven years, I did them in about four locations. Like, yeah, you know, all, um, and every month we had one at one of our locations, and then now for North Star, I've been doing it all around town at different pet stores. It's free. And it just talks, and it's a real neutral one, not pushing you one way or the other, just yeah. giving a menu of choices. But people don't understand that right. their homeowners probably will not cover them. So if they are good intended and well-intended and they go into a nursing home, let's say their friendly big dog turns sideways and, and bumps into somebody with a walker and the person breaks their hip, mm-hmm. you're not mm-hmm. covered. Mm-hmm. You're liable. And I've... I've um, only found probably about 5% of my students when they call, I make everyone that's come through my classes through the years call their homeowners and see, probably mm-hmm. 5% say there's will. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there's, you know, you really don't want to break somebody's hip and not have a well-trained No, dog. you don't. <laughs> like, you shouldn't be going in, is my thought. You know, but knowledge is power, yeah, you know, so you can then make good ba- um, good choices based on solid facts that is yes. absolutely the way to move forward with it. So, okay, so you have this husky in your office. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and so I found out by accident so i so i i switched over because they have um a handler training and now it's online and it takes about four hours to do but then everybody's on the same page with pet partners yep and they they've run i think sixty thousand people through um since they started in, in 2012 and um and so i just found out more information than i had gotten from other places but for the work that i do with kids you know i just wanted to be very careful and so i've stayed with them and i was actually um on staff for a year through special grant with them for a national program educator and i got to 
present at ASPCA in New York City. So fun. Fly to Chicago and and do some trainings there for um, evaluators. And Good Birmingham, Alabama in August. Very nice people. A little hot down there then. So, <laughs> um, so that that's fun. fantastic. Good for you. Um, it yeah. makes me feel good that people like you are out there. Um, you know, kind of educating the public. Um, I know when I first started, um, some people looked at me like a upstart, like, you know, cause I'm doing something a little bit different and starting my own thing. Um, and you were just never like that. You were very much, uh, wanting to learn and, and, and take in the information that I have and give me feedback. And you were never a person that says I shouldn't be doing it or, um, you know, it was going against what the already no, established no. guard was, which I found so refreshing because um, because I was worried about that. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I was looking at well, my peers and thinking, if they don't like what I'm doing, should I be doing this? And um, back to the beginning of our conversation, you know, um, I think it was just a blessing that you were, you came into my life at that time because you did represent people with good solid knowledge and experience north star and you know animal um therapy animals um you know you had credentials and you were able to give me feedback and and so anyways i really appreciate that about you as well i think you know the national groups out there and there's another one now too um alliance of therapy dogs oh Um, really i did not know this yeah, so they they used to be um, TD Inc., but they rebranded. Oh, yeah, there was some like Hatfields and McCoys with those yeah, too. And, and they they've grown nationally too. But but the um, but anyways, but the the national groups, you know, they have their own marketing, their own branding. Yeah, you know, it's like Pepsi and Coke. Coke. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, and so. But I found that the the train the trainers like there's a lot of us that teach in other training schools you know but, yep. but we all get along really well oh good and it's not a competitive thing because we're more social worker oriented yeah you're trying people. to you're looking at the greater good like you the know greater good yeah. right and trying to help people and get more teams out there because yeah. we empower the paw so when i was yes counselor, i saw kids i mean kids i i had more child protection reports you know on the day in the in the times that i had my dog with me than I did probably the whole year. Okay, wait, can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah. Well, for example, I remember a fifth grade girl had been bouncing around. Her dad was a drug addict, and I can't say too much, but, it, you know, I'll just say that. Okay. Um, she came in, and I had not, she she really was closed down, but she really loved my dog. She And I always had my door open during recess. The kids could just come in, pet the dog, play with a few little, you know, manipulative toy things that I had there that they liked. And she came in one day and she laid down and she just started telling Coco all about how she didn't have a place to live. And she'd been, oh, sofa, yeah. you know, sofa surfing with her friends, families, mm. and that was getting old. And she hadn't seen her mom in two years and she didn't know where her mom was or she was even alive and crying. And then she started talking about the abuse of the other person, uh, sexual abuse. Yeah. And, and she told Coco all this and then. Of course, as a mandated reporter, I'd have to call. Sure. So, but I got more of those types of reports. So, okay. So the kids are opening up when you have the right. dog there. So then action can be taken. Yeah. Right. Wow. That's meaningful. So it was pretty powerful. And I had no idea. I just thought it'd be fun to have a dog at work with me. Right. <laughs> right. And I didn't realize how much, yeah. how much it really 
really helps. It does. We had one student who was, um, there's a bunch of like, we, okay, talk about like being in the midst of people who do the same work. We could go on and on about stories like this. But I have one of my favorite is we had a student who was um, selectively mute, um, meaning he could talk, but he chose not to. Um, And um, I didn't know to what degree but i guess it was a pretty high rate of of nonverbal. um mm-hmm. and with the dogs he would talk um not a lot he would say sit or like he would like quietly say good job you know under his breath and then i have the the staff bawling their eyes out in the corner i'm like what's going on and so after the class they told me i'm like oh my gosh like that's that's dogs. I mean, that's the power of the paw, like you say. Power of the paw, yep. And the first time I took Coco to read at Golden Valley Library, it's the very first library in the Hennepin County Library System that had a therapy dog, therapy dogs come in. Yeah. So I took her years ago. That was probably 2000, I think. Um, oh, I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Uh, time stands uh, still for nobody. Okay, you know what I'm actually going to do here? I want to hear the story, but our podcast is going long, so we're going to break it up into two parts. So this is part one. Everybody, please tune in next week to hear part two, more stories with Patty Anderson, the amazing creature um, who is my friend and mentor, um, therapy animal educator. So thanks so much for being here with us today, Patty, and um, everybody stay tuned for um, part two. Until next time, we see I see you. You matter and get out there and do good with your dog.